Hello everyone, welcome to another horrific unboxing. Um, I was going to do this tomorrow morning, but I thought, nah, let's, let's do it now. Uh, even though I'm tired, I want to wheel out in the morning, and then I want to spend a lot of time getting oven and stuff done for this. You know how it is, busy, busy, busy. Anyway, here we go. Do you know, one day I'm going to get one of these, open it up, that's not going to be what I thought. I'm going to have egg in my face. All the bells and whistles tell me this is what he ordered and it's arrived. Mm. Quite heavy. Yep. We're in luck. And of course, we have some plastic. Which, let's, let's get rid of some of that. We don't need any plastic. It's me and sharing stuff in the camera. Camera doesn't like plastic. I think my camera's a heavy. It's like, no plastic. I don't know it work. Oh, there's a separate thing. Oh, we can right. So we have seventh edition Call of Cthulhu Keepers rule book. Just give you an idea. Uh, it's chunky, quite a lot of it. Um, if you saw from my unboxing video, I'm gonna attempt to use the uh, the starter pack. I think the rule book there is just really do have a character sheet, have the basics, and then just jump in the game. So this is obviously for the more involved campaigns. Um, I actually joined a couple of Cthulhu. Um, I've only joined two, literally a couple, but uh, it's not a big thing on Facebook and the Facebook groups. Um, loads of horror stuff that so it makes me wonder because I. This game's been around for donkey's years, um, from the early 80s. Been around almost as long as D&D, uh, &D, but for some reason, the following isn't as extensive as that game. No, I am, obviously, used it. I had a gaming club uh, every Sunday, all day, and I basically became exposed to every RPG you could imagine. Because you different people, different people want their own games. We all wanted to play, have a go. We all sat around the table. And usually, uh, last thing at night, when all the uh, tabletop guys, the uh, war gamers, which I'm one as well, but you know, usually the war game stuff wrapped up early. Table, we all went out of the kitchen with rented out a tennis club, and then we play uh, some form of RPG. It was good. Give. Uh, Gives you inside the different games, different systems, and what they were. Now, sadly, I did not have loads of trains as a GM. I think I've had a crack like a handful of times. So, I've a game plan next Saturday, as you well know, and I just want to be prepared. But, God, this is a full week's reading on its own, so it's going to be interesting. So we have table of contents. Ah, uh, it's been a cool. This is where you know, the books are nice and shiny. You hear that because you're like, oh no, I'm bringing the spine. But here we go, table of contents. I'll talk you through it. We have overview of the game, example of play, what you need to play, uh, chapter two, Lovecraft and the Cthulhu Mythos. 
um, chapter three, creating investigators, chapter four, skills, chapter five, game system, chapter six, combat, chapter seven, chases, chapter eight, sanity, everyone's favorite for this. That's the unique uh, thing about this game. Uh, excuse me. Chapter nine, magic. Uh, chapter 10, playing the game. Chapter 11, tomes of Eldric lore. <coughs> excuse me. It's <coughs> a lovely coffee game. Uh, chapter 12, grimoire, spells, deeper magic, the grimoire. Uh, chapter 13, artifacts, and alien devices. Chapter 14, Monsters, Beasts, and Alien Gods. Chapter 15, Scenarios. So we've got two scenarios. Um, Amidst the Ancient Trees and Crimson Letters. And then, uh, finally, Chapter 16, The Appendices. So we've got Glossary, Converting 7th Edition Rules, Equipment, 1920s. Actually quite useful. Uh, might seem silly, but if you're talking about weapons, like handguns um we were talking about cameras because uh if you if you watch the character building sheet it's a private investigators and we're making the joke about the huge bulb cameras of the 1920s but i do think there was more thinking stuff so it'll be in fact we'll do it here uh have a nosy um equipment modern era weapons table rules summaries investigator sheet 1920s Investigator Sheet Modern Era. So that's quite cool. So you've got the option, um, if anyone's experienced this game or looked up any sort of video, you're not restricted to the 1920s. Yes, it's fun to play in that era. It's fun to you dress up a wee bit, just do whatever um, and immerse yourself in that world. But Cthulhu is eternal. So you can go as far back in the past you want, you can go to the present, or even the future, which can lead to some interesting scenarios. So it'll be a fun, futuristic game where even all the gadgets and gizmos, well, even today, with, you know, everyone got phone connected to the internet, um, can instantly reach people, but that can all get torn apart. So. You know that's the whole point of this game. It's you're you're standing against the tide of the great old ones. At the end of the day, now the levels are always the adventures are more lower level, deal with cultist plots, and that's usually how it manifests. But the ultimate point of the Cthulhu Bisoths is the good writer make Cthulhu and forever never get the same person. So you can kind of guess this going to this will take a minute. This is like it'll be like a three hour stream. And nobody's on yet. Uh, I just did this one off the cuff anyway, so <laughs> probably people just seen it. But let's um, let's have a look at that. Let's jump a wee bit and go to the equipment. Equipment 1920s 396. Oh, I'll tell you what, sorry, just notice this. Do you know, we tend to just to get us up in a little crafting and then put that in a frame. There's some really nice artwork. That's the thing about horror in general. The artwork 
that the imagination pulls is amazing. When you delve into the darkest recesses of your mind, and when you get a few talented people, like it's amazing what you can actually uh, achieve. And I think that's why horror movies can actually uh, draw you in, even though some of them are poor. Like, I'll, I'll not lie, there's, and you've seen the movie reviews I've done, quite a lot of them might get sucked in because of the, the cover, <laughs> because the covers are always well done. And you watch a shitty movie, you're like, ah. But in general, horror, and especially the Cthulhu mythos, for um, an unknown author at the time, and for such a niche, you know, Sad story, well, he wrote obviously a ton of stories, but for such a nice thing, this guy really did inspire a lot of people. And the whole slew of artwork and games, and it's actually annoys me when the like Chaosium, for example, slag the guy off. Oh, mean racist. Using the language of the day doesn't mean the language of the day was quite nice, but he wasn't like a hermit, you know, he was just a person at the time. So I don't see how you can slide somebody off that and simultaneously leech off their work. You know, pick your <laughs> pick your poison sort of thing. Um, it's very hypocritical. I have, a, I have a problem with hypocrisy, you know. But, yeah, for something, person jotting down ideas. Do you think I'm, I've been thinking about this? I think what confuses people is he's written a lot of stories in the first person since I'm in... Some people read first person think the characters are, there's not a character, it's the author just being the author. But it's just a method of writing and expression. Um, so there you go. Uh, I just, uh, there's a bit of a thing, especially the woke mob. They seem to pick an author or a creator and like, oh, that's the, that's the evil person. Yeah, not like any cult, they need the enemy. But anyway, I'm going off on a wee tangent. So we've got men's clothing, worst dead will dress suit, cashmere dress suit, suit mohair. Oh, that'd be scratch as hell. Um, yep, women's clothing, chic designer dress. There's a whole set, I'm not reading out everything. Meals out, chicken dinner, $2.50 a person. Breakfast. 45 cents, which is about 20p, <laughs> flip sake. Um, lunch, 63 cents, dinner, 125. So a chicken dinner was considered in the 1920s, the apparatif, that was fine dining. Okay, um, there you go, nice. Speakeasy uh, prices. Lodging. So, um, if you know, I mentioned that uh, when we were doing the character creation uh, session before next week, our characters are going to get a whopping $25 for their expenses. So, this kind of puts it in perspective what you can buy, which is good. That's It's good to know your limitations because um, there's something being played in the modern world. like. Medieval times, you can get away a bit with uh, being a bit loosey goosey with the old finances, but 1920s, 
you know, 20th century, you know, it's not going to work. So it's good to have a wee bit of ground. It also keeps the uh, player characters in check that they can't go, oh, I'm going to go buy a mansion and hire a manservant to do my investigating for me. You know, you have the limitations, so you you kind of have to work that out. It makes, makes it a bit of a more of a challenge. Um, real estate, medical equipment, outdoor and travel gear. Telescope, um, miscellaneous, ah, here we go, miscellaneous investigator tools. This will be uh, interesting. So handcuffs, extra handcuff key, because police whistle, dictaphone, is that the cassette tape dictaphone? I'm a cassette invented. I need to check that out. I don't. I don't think it's the click. It's not the dictaphone. Um. What movie did we watch and review? Um, Nightmare Alley with uh, Bradley Cooper, and he went to the psychiatrist. Uh, Kate Blanche's character, the psychiatrist's office. She had was that the dictaphone that she used that actually spun on the record. I think that's more in line. I don't think the old wee clicky cassette tape because I remember those in the eighties, but I have one because I like gadgets. Friggin' super expensive. Um, if you saw our review of RK eighty one, we're talking about the JVC flipping camcorders, but the the tiny the tiny JVC cassette tape that went into it was a. They're flipping ten quid each, so they're super expensive. Um, so you're actually cheaper buying a converter thing and buying a load of VHS than those. You know, you're better just having maybe two or three of those. Which you laugh. So uh, just interesting when to talk about the equipment and the cost. Um, yeah, that's about thirty nine ninety five. Consider what I said about the money. So that that's like um, that's the equivalent of today getting your fifty inch TV. Let's be honest. So this is serious equipment. So you're not just gonna have one of those. Um let's watch Gold Watch. Remington typewriter, Harris typewriter, pocket microscope, and then 110 times death microscope, floor safe, then fifty pounds, um, umbrella, Turkish water pipe. Oh what? Uh, Coleman McGee doesn't record hookahs, you know that I use that one, cool. Cigarettes per pack. <laughs> this will uh, this will uh, make a smoker depressed. Ten cents for a pack of cigarettes. Um, Box of cigars. That was annoying me and <laughs> Adam and Cameron. But two twenty nine for a box of cigars. My God, if only. Uh, actually, worse. Uh, ever since I got to the UK, freaking cigars over here are super expensive. Won't even touch them. They're freaking absolutely ridiculous price. More about dictionary, can buy them encyclopedia. Wet sponge respirator. I won't be bad. Need to look that one up. Um, pocket magnifying glass, so it should be yeah, the Sherlock Holmes type thing. Bible, briefcase, globe and stand. You buy one of those, and that's, yeah, no, 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 that's the whole point. Last door, bookcase, baby buggy. Chemical fire extinguisher, watchmakers, eye. So, 
vehicle accessories, travel, Sea voyage, US in US England, back and forth. First class, one way, $120. First class round trip, $200. A four-man four hot air balloon, $1,800. $1,800. Oh, you got to get that idea again. you got to get that idea again. A hot air balloon to go and see... Um, a monstrosity and get high enough and still not get high enough to reach its tip. It won't be in this game. Um, there's only a short one, but I'm planning for this game to be uh, hopefully the start of things. Right. So there's weapons, communications, telegrams, postage, entertainment. Um, so I need to look up. Just out of interest, phonograph records. What's like the microfilm and stuff? Microfish? I don't travel Right, so there's an absolute ton of stuff here. So that's, that's the whole point. It's everything that you need. And you can have a look at equipment. And this is part of the, you know, when you're sitting down with a character in person. And you want to go through a lot of things you have it all here um let's have a look at chapter 10 playing the game 182 because as i said i'm useless i'll not lie um i'll not lie i'm a wee bit nervous about next week just because i want to do a decent uh i want to put on a decent game people have fun now lucky enough i've got two great players so that's gonna that makes my life easier uh, Adam and Tarek are great guys, so and they're invested, so that always um, makes things easier. But still, you've always got that wee bit of a uh, will it be prepared enough? I think this kind of goes into when you act as a uh, sorry. Being the keeper can be immensely rewarding. You get to make a lot of decisions about what happens during the game, present the mystery to the players, and betray numerous non-player characters and monsters. Those will be the final arbiter. How rules are applied. And this chapter contains advice and guidance intended to help you use those rules to the best effect. Before reading this chapter, make sure you have read chapters four to nine. Mm, let's see what chapters four to nine are. Four skills, game system, combat. Right, so basically everything that's involved in the game, which is a, a fair one. Like I said, I'm, I'm reading this just for this at the moment. I plan to be doing a lot of reading over the week, but I'm not, once again, I don't want to be over, you know, overthinking it. If you overthink things, it doesn't work, you don't get the natural flow. But new keepers, when you act as a keeper, you become the game moderator. Whether you're using a published scenario or creating one of your own, you alone know how the story, know the story plot, and the likely outcomes of the solution. Your job is to present the mystery and story during play. Oh, God. Right. Um, incidentally, playing the roles of monsters and sinister or ordinary people 
that the investigators made. You have responsibility for preparing and running the scenario without bias. Above all else, you should listen to your players and react to what they say and do. Having a good understanding of the game and rules is essential in enabling you to answer player questions and to be able to present the material fairly. You'll find individual monster and spell descriptions in other chapters. You don't need to memorize this information, just be familiar with it. So it's more a case of, um, you know, knowing where to go in the book. You don't have to sit and be a rule lawyer. And that's the thing that might put a lot of people off. And I definitely not, like I said, you've watched me open this and then right in front of you. You've seen me with the starter set. That's after 20 years. And like I said, I've, I've only GM a couple of games. It's not like a, AD and D game and God, what else? A werewolf game and something that you know, I literally have all the time, so I'm not sitting here as some expert. But that's, I think that's good. Come on the journey with me as a data keeper thing. Come on the journey and you watch me bumble through it, you have every opportunity to. That's the way I look at things. Um, but with purchase this book and some dice, you have everything you need to play Call of Cthulhu. That's the thing about RPGs, role-playing games. It's not like tabletop game where you have to buy a ton of miniatures and you have to collect armies and scenery and paint and that. Now, certain games encourage that. Uh, D&D, for example, you can do that if you wish. Build it and do it. Uh, you see it. This is not taken away from that whatsoever. But the whole point is that you need minimal equipment. You can sit around a table and have a good adventure for a couple of hours. If you've seen uh, me appearing on uh, Adam's channel, Dragonlance, Dragonlance Saga, you'll, you'll see that even using uh, the Rule 20 system, there's not much there. You know, it's a few tokens. It's a board, and it's only representational. It's not, we're not sitting playing a video game. The whole point is your imagination, your willingness to take part, and camaraderie, understanding what you're doing. It's not a, I got to win. It's, we're here for good time, create an adventure, and have a bit of a laugh. And hope you've seen that so far and what, what I've played. And that's hopefully what I'm bringing across, because that's, that's what this is all about. So therefore, once you have the book, once you have a few dice and some people to play with, you're good. Uh, I recommend that you start with the of the Haunting. Call Cthulhu Quick Start Rules. Free download at www.chaosium. That's what we're playing next week. If you've seen starting. Um, uh, or Amidst the Ancient Trees. That might be one for later. These scenarios have been specifically presented for new keepers with advice dotted throughout the text. Pick one to play, read the scenario through, and then invite some plan friends over to play. Have them create investigators together. We've done that. Um, be sure you have the relevant sheets printed out or photocopied in advance. Well, we use Rule 20, so we do that online. So this is something that uh, you might see in the 8th edition, bringing the online generators in. This is still very much with uh, you buy the book and you sit in front of the table. The world's kind of changed a bit, although nothing beats sitting in close proximity, you know, with your friends, having this. That's what this is all designed to do. 
<clears throat> sit around a table, have a laugh. However, the world today, you know it's difficult to find people in your area that are into the same things. The joys of being online, like me sitting here talking to you guys now, is that you're not limited anymore by your locale. But I don't think I'd find everywhere in this wee village. So, you know, I know exactly uh, what it's like. And the travel hours, or for it to be an overnight thing, could you have to travel so far to meet people to play with? That could be frustrating, at least with online availability. You're, you're removed from that. You can meet people, you can put out calls, you can join groups, and you can play with people from all over the world and still have the same experience. Because if you've seen, as this is only meant to be a book, some dice and a table, it doesn't really take much to translate onto this. So it's not really a big thing. Um, plus there's no requirement to stream. I just happen to be a podcaster and love streaming. So that's what I'm doing, making content as well as playing a game. But the games are designed that you just log in, meet people, and play online and talk to each other without actually like streaming the world, you know, it's private. So once again, there's no no hard and fast way to do it. No one way is better than the other. So, you know, as long as you're taking part in playing and having fun, that's the main thing. You may wish to invent your own scenarios. That's great, but it's probably best to start with the ones in the book or consult one of the many Call of Duty scenarios. Um, like I said, recently I joined two groups. There's one I'm active in. Because I haven't seen much of the way I'm posting in the other one. But the one I'm active in, what I'm really impressed by, there are people actually writing scenarios and publishing them, writing books, uh, delving into the mythos, making this thing more expanded. And that's great. So don't stress about, there's no shame in using as a scenario. That's what the whole point of being let out. You can chop and change it. You can tweak it a bit, tweak it a lot, but it's giving you something to start with. Nothing wrong with that. As long as everyone's having fun, so be it. Uh, okay, finding players. Okay, so you've got Coke through the rulebook, some roll playing dice, and you're ready to run a game, except you've got no players. What can you do? Get a few ideas to get you gaming. Talk to your friends, show them a real book, tell them about how cool the game sounds. Perhaps get them to read one of Lovecraft's stories and see if they like it. Preferably a short one like The Outsider. You could also ask family members to try the game. Essentially, you only need a keeper and one player. But if you get two or three players together, it's ideal. Yeah, this is um, this is different from D&D, for example. D&D works best on Dragonlance and the variants when you have a party as a group of six people, say. It works best because then you have the different types of classes, characters, um, healers, warriors, and it fits better. This, you can actually, well, you can play yourself. You've seen that when I did Alone Against the Flames, but you only need one or two players because of the nature of the game with the investigators, you don't need 10, I mean, you don't need five or six players. In fact, I would argue, um, and correct me if you don't think I'm right, but 
if you have too many players with each of these games, it's going to get over convoluted, and you're not you're going to struggle to find enough. It's like having a story and too many characters, and you don't know what to do with them all. So you're better with a small group of people. So that's what it's kind of designed for. And it doesn't mean you have to play with the same people every time, and you can't bring somebody in for a session. You know, once again, it's life. You just you figure it out. If the good wills are and the willingness, you'll figure it out. That's that's kind of the way it works. Uh, what else? Ask your local hobby store. We're putting those notice up. Talk to staff in the hobby store. So this is all talking once again about physical world, meeting people. But don't forget online. You've got groups on social media. You on the Rule Twenty system. You can put out a call for players. Um, I've obviously got people together that I've role played with before in another game through the podcast work. So that you're. You're not limited, but this is, I think this is designed, this is written for the person going like, oh, I want to do this, but, uh, you know, uh, rabbit in the headlights, a bit overwhelmed by it all. Um, there's plenty of ways to get people involved. If you're struggling, and, and I've seen it in like groups and stuff as well, people then like looking for players that can play this time, um, don't get this hard of doing here straight away because people have lives and stuff. Don't be afraid to, not just this channel, but if you see channels on YouTube, do it, drop a comment. Um, okay, looking to play a game, blah blah blah. Anybody there? You don't know who you're going to meet. You know that's that's kind of the joy of it. If you're interested, obviously reach out to the channel. Just bear in mind that we have a like a busy schedule in the background. A lot of stuff going on. Timings might be a thing. International timings is also a thing, but um, it's an option. But there's other Cthulhu channels as well, so don't just worry about focusing on that one thing. You know, pick, put a couple of failures, don't overstretch yourself. But there's no reason why you can't find people to play with or people to play your game. You know, it's don't overthink it. Okay, so preparing to play the game. The purpose of role playing is to have a good time. You've heard me say this loads, loads of times. Anyway, that's it. It's not a I gotta win. It's no prize at the end. And it's the same as being a GM slash keeper. You're not there to beat your players. You're there to run the scenario, but you gotta, if things go off the cuff, you kinda gotta go with it because that's part of the fun. If that makes sense. As long as you're telling a good story and then you'd be surprised how people, you'll talk back about what did this, did that. Because in the moment, just, uh, just have a good time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I should not need saying, but with any hobby, some people get so caught up in the moment that they lose sight of the most basic requirements. I've seen that with uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, that game is horrendous for people taking it too seriously. It's uh, you've heard me talk about White Wolf games. I had to ban them completely because people were like proper falling out with each other. And I think because the music that game is to like screw each other over in the game. Uh, it's the guy was playing NASA Mike because I just wanted to, as a role or sorry, war gamer. So I think I just want to roll dice and shoot things and stuff. And uh, I had a bit of fun. I played Adventure once or twice, but I couldn't get into that uh, side of things. And then when people were actually following each other, I'm like, nah, 
Werewolf stuff from Werewolf the Apocalypse is a bit better. Well, I wouldn't say better. More tuned to me in terms of the, you know, you're part of a pack. You're have different goals. It's not that same backstabbing with the Vampire game, which is cool. So not saying of all labor games, but you had the you had to draw lines but people get a bit too yeah, get a bit too silly with it. Um trying to play in a room, there's no one but the gaming group. Having your daughter run around the table or your brother watching football TV is the same room is not gonna help. Yeah, um I probably I don't need to say to any of you guys you've most people watch this channel seen Stranger Things. Uh the the basement, you all hung out. Doesn't have to be fancy. You just have to have pace. Uh people not walking about and stuff. Um gaming clubs can be tricky. Nice to go to one on a Tuesday night and it was sat up in the bar. But the only thing was that you it was one of the open, you know, the tables were all around the edge a couple of them also got in their booth or what you're okay you still have that chance people coming in and making noise and stuff um suppose it's not excessive you know nothing will be you'll never have the perfect gaming spot you don't have to build a gaming room or anything like that so like as long as you're comfortable um set up the gaming area appropriately close the curtains dim the lights a little Remember, you still need to be able to read the scenario. Um, that's why I didn't change just the different colors, because I would be able to see the book. Um, still needs to see the investigator sheets and the dice. Uh, using low light lamps, LED pen lights or candles is very effective, but never leave, leave that candle in the attic. Fucking health and safety here. Jesus Christ, tell me how to suck eggs. Don't even mention, you know, I mean, if you're worried about people leaving lit candles and burning the place down, don't mention it. Fucking, uh, uh sorry, it just winds me up. <laughs> um, turn mobile phones off, is it? Yeah. Um, Jason again, likewise, put away computers and tablets. Yeah, um, you shouldn't be sitting, like, you shouldn't be on an RPG taking part in playing with your phone and stuff. That's, that's common sense. Come on, if you're, if you're going to the trouble of making a character and meeting up and setting the time aside, you want to play the game. Setting the tone. Consider what sort of game you want to run. You can aim for high tension, over top, schlock horror, or pulp action romp. Um, having said that, the default mode for this game is tend to be horror, with some action scenes thrown into the mix. You should decide as a group whether the game is to be serious or jocular. Comedy and horror are good bedfellows. We all know that. Anyone that's a, a fan of horror knows comedy, horror, sex, and horror are the best friends. Um, probably not going to mention sex, but sex is the one bit of it. Um, great effect of many movies. However, too much comedy lessens the horror. The way that you act as keeper reinforces undermines the tone. Keep your mind, players take their lead from you. Only what you say, but how you behave. Yeah, so if I, I'm going to sound good, mer, 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 mer. Players are going to give energy, so it's kind of your, you know, you got to give a wee bit of energy to the group. Even if you've got two players, you still got to give, give it yourself. You know, that's that goes like saying, right? Sure, jokes on often important. Yeah, because you're getting a high tense situation or bad, bad dice rolls. That's my thing. I have seen people throw hissy fits. I mean, I've seen people throw on 
full-on hissy fits if they get a bad dice roll, as if it's been done deliberately to them. I say, no. Build the bad dice roll into the game and just bloody laugh about it. Just go with it. And then you, when you do get a success, you act surprised, and you go with that too. There you go, that's part of the fun. People that lose their minds over everything not going 100% their way, um, you need to have a wee word with yourself. Honestly, you need to just set yourself down, go have a wee talk with yourself, and sort out your life priorities. Oh, there is Chris. Sorry, I just missed you last night. Uh, you just came on as I left. Uh, looking forward to watching session two. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to running it. Um, I'll say at the start of the stream, I'm a wee bit nervous, but when you want to do well, you, you can't help but be nervous. Um, distasteful historical themes. Do I want to read this? Uh, am I going to get preached to about Yeah, guess what? Every age is more progressive than the last. That's the world. We didn't think the same way with it 10 years ago. We didn't think the same way with thought 100 years ago. Guess what? We're not going to think the same way in 10 years from now as we do. That's society. Um, right, hold on. If this gets to, because I know that's what I said, these guys have slagged off Lovecraft, have preached about, they've done some woke shit, which is just a no end. But they want to make money off the person's work, which is hypocritical. Let's. Oh God. And plus, if you're, you're fucking playing a horror game and you're worried about the Stasel themes, get a grip. My God. The Stasel issues may arise during the game. You may feel that your portrayal of a fictional prejudice and bigot. Here we go. Is worthy of an Oscar. However, another player may find it offensive, right? If you, and this is what I'm talking about, the sort of person who'll find things offensive are the same ones that will throw a hissy fit if the dice rules go wrong. That's just you're a that's just you as a bad character, a weak person who can't uh, interact with others or accept the world. Now, one thing I don't, and another reason why I don't like vampire is I don't like bullying. One thing I do not like are bullies. That's Pick it, you know, when people start ganging up on one person, and I've seen it done in game, and then it translates to the outside, that's shit. But you, if you're going to play an evil character, if you're going to play a flipping drunken womanizing booze hound, you're going to play that. It does not mean it's you. The whole point of role playing is you step out of yourself. If you're going to go into a role play, if I'm going to go into a role play game and be called, Every bloody time. That's not rule playing. Jesus, fuck, I can't believe I have to explain this, but fucking ah, just the the banal language. Nah, kind of annoyed. Um, the only thing is that this game's been going long enough. When these idiots, when the eighth edition and ninth edition, most of these morons that have started imposing this crap, uh, they'll be long gone because. The, it's like every company, they're, they're in every company now and they're bloody annoying. So, was that it? That was just the one. Scenario authors and keepers can choose to ignore social history as not germane or decide to incorporate specific elements in their plots. Right. 
you're searching for ghosts. You're you're trying to solve a mystery. That's the focus of the game. Now, if you want to be a victim in the game and be have people come against you and pick on you and stuff, um, well, it might be useful. But if that's your focus, then you're not really thinking about the game. You're trying to preach, and that's um, that's annoying. Right. Anyway, this goes on to creating investigators. Yeah, I could spend an hour, a couple of hours in this. He's like, I nearly averaged 40 minutes before you open the book. But this is cool. No, I can sit here, I can sit on my own and go and read through it, or I can talk through it and get a bit of feedback as well. Hopefully, as well, um, if you're nervous about coming on this, or sorry, taking part in this game in any format or starting. I like to think I'm alleviating some fears. I like to think that I'm at least convincing you to give things a go. So if somebody invites you to a role-playing game and you're kind of nervous about it, don't be. Nothing bad is actually going to happen. It's not like extreme getting tied up and stuff and, you know, your life's needed. It's it's just having a bit of fun and using your imagination. And that's something we're sorely missing today. People don't use their imagination anymore. They want spoon-fed. And they want everything spelled out for them. So actually stretching yourself, and that's what this will do. And you'll be surprised once you once you utter them first word words, or you put on the funny voice, or you act in a way that's not yourself. Um was it last week? What was last week? Um I'm playing a pious pause night, which is so antithesis to me as a person, it's hilarious. I'm praying for people and stuff, you know, that's not me, but I got invested in the character, and that's part that's part of the fun. Um I've played <laughs> um in Vampire, for example, I played NASA Mike, but the character wasn't seeing who thought he was James Bond. And I'm describing what I want to do, and then what it is. The characters are seeing me just doing absolutely mental things during the game and they're going what the hell's up with him you know but that was fun to dive into uh god what else i haven't played the sort of sneaky um backstabber type character that's that's something they uh i'll be something interested in doing playing that sort of sneaky because that's those sort of people in real life disgust me now, this is where I'm talking about. You might find something to do. I find those two-faced, sneaky, underhanded little weasel types. Um, I think it should be, once you've identified one, you just put them out of their misery. They're an end as well. Um, you know the one that always sucks up to the boss at the workplace, trying to drop you in. And they're the ones that sell you out to the, the enemy and stuff. Um, I've always wanted to play one of those type of characters because that's so not me. And I think... Initially, I'd find that uncomfortable, but that's that's what I'm talking about. You stretch yourself. Um, you you play something that's not you. Oh, hang on. Um, cover story, story tether role play so much fun. Yeah, that's the whole point. You're actually telling a story, and then you can go back and talk about it, and you have something in common, and then you've experienced something that nobody else has, and you have like in sort of in talk because nobody knows what you're on about until they've been there 
both the sequels and the Robot Angler and the near side of Ken, there are ogres there. Well, that's um, that's the adventure we played. Yeah, brilliant, a lot of fun. Um, just playing characters that were antithesis and dice rolls or the card draws in that case. Um, not from most times it didn't go well, but that's the way. That's the way of it. But you have a laugh. You don't let. You don't let it intimidate you. You don't let the idea of doing this. This is meant to be enjoyable. And as long as you have that mindset, it's all good. So same as, yeah, play the distasteful history parts of it, but play the positive aspects too. Because everyone forgets the flipping early 20th century, the, the pinnacle of the Industrial Revolution. People were flying for the first time. People were traveling the world easily. Uh, vaccinations, you know, against uh, MMR, cholera, things like that, you know, that was gone. Sanitation, there was proper sanitation in houses, healthcare. These sad, miserable creatures focus on the people said hurty words or had had terms for people because they didn't understand them or people didn't mingle. Um, you can tell all these articles live in the same postcode in the LA. That's our kind of mindset, but God's sake, we've had so much wonders in the world that I would not be sitting here talking to you now if it wasn't for Tim Berners-Lee uh, in 1974, but I believe it was. That the hyperlink, you know, uh, personal computers, the ability to, the fact that I can click a few buttons and this book arrives a few days later. You know, you know, do you know what I mean? Stop, stop dwelling on the negativity. Fucking enjoy life. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just preaching about, but just uh, I'm reading some of this stuff, and the, those have to get these wee digs. And I noticed that with the starter set as well. Oh, right here we go. The monsters. What was that game? Um, wasn't doing. I had sugar off. Now sugar off that. Monsters, beasts, and alien gods. That's a that's the thing that was going to roll twenty. We don't have um don't have as good as maps. They're not set up as well as D and D. But then D and D is a more popular game, so I understand. But yeah, we've got. <clears throat> Well, sort of creatures to play with. Um, and then the fun thing is this you don't just meet the monster and beat it. You encounter one of these things, you're rolling for sanity because it's just overwhelming your senses. You're going like, <laughs> so uh, Eldrick's being, once you start meeting those, you're, you're in, in for it, even if you survive the encounter. Your mind might do the same thing. So let's have a look. Playing monsters effectively. Uh, monsters are, for the most part, not mind animals. Many are of equal or greater intelligence than the investigators, with motivations and concerns beyond the scope of the average human's understanding. Monsters will not automatically seek combat, 
and if they do, they will not necessarily seek to kill the investigators. More intelligent monsters may take the investigators captive, either to use as slaves or sacrifices, or perhaps for experimental purposes. Not every encounter has to be a fight. Hiding or fleeing may be the best, wisest option. When involved in combat, consider the monster's objective. If its aim is to kill the investigator, it should fight back rather than dodge. If it wants to escape from the investigators, it may choose to dodge in order to gain the opportunity to flee. Many Mythos monsters can use spells, casting them as any other spellcaster would. In some cases, the monster's spell may be portrayed as a manifestation of that monster's innate power. Monsters may not have the skills may not have skills listed, though most of all may have a few skills such as listen, stealth, or spot hidden. Keepers should add skills as required using comparative beings as a guide. Mythos gods and some mythos monsters are multidimensional existing in our plane of reality as well as others beyond our reasoning, and thus cannot be truly slain. While hit points are given, should each creature as an outer god or a great old one be somehow reduced to zero or negative hit points, the thing is not killed or rendered unconscious, but has dispelled or forced back the whence it came. Mere damage will not destroy or even harm these powers. Uh, if they are forced or persuaded to leave, they can return. There we go. So, as you can see, there is a lot of this. Oh, and it comes with a nice um, bookmark built in. Don't see these as often anymore. Nice, uh, oh, double ribbon. All right, so you can mark two places. Check that out. So you can mark two places in your book. Excellent. Good chases, right? I could, I could go along with this. <laughs> Sit and read it. Just have a read along. Um, but there we go. There's a big, nice, big, chunky book. Um, what it'll do is it'll give me a bit more reference points uh, for Saturday. I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to try and memorize it. That'd be madness. But um, I'd have to roll my own Saturday after that. But I just wanted to have like the full book. Uh, I had to be tested with the games. I get the ideas all it's supposed to be quick, but with all the games, wanna wanna get more in depth with it. But there you go. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it, Chris. Thanks for joining in the chat. Really appreciate it, mate. And I hope you enjoyed this video, even though it went on a bit. But I think you knew it was going to happen. But there you go. Um, next Saturday, uh, the schedule streams up on the channel, so set your reminders and keep up to date with all other stuff do the typey clicky things and until next time keep it creepy keep it horrific <laughs>